1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this
0: episode, a broadcaster and former attorney describes his ability to time travel through meditation.
2: I went back to December 1540, and what I saw, Richard, was him ripping up all these old quatrains he'd written about World War III and, and all these conflict on the planet. And he brought out a, one of these white sheets of parchment with a with a quill pen, and he dips it in his ink. And he looks at me, and he says, what kind of world are you and your friends going to create there in the, in the 21st century?
0: If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive, commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. That's over 350 episodes. To subscribe,
1: CONSPIRACY UNLIMITED WITH RICHARD Serres PURSUING THE TRUTH WHEREVER IT LEADS EXPOSING EVIL AND CORRUPTION AND THE SECRET MACHINATIONS OF POWERFUL ELITES REVEALING THE HIGH STRANGENESS BENEATH THE SURFACE OF OUR SUPPOSED REALITY COMING TO YOU FROM HIS STUDIO BENEATH THE STAIRS Here's Richard Saratt.
0: Welcome to your Monday. Well, it breaks my heart to say the least that America is on fire these last few days. First COVID-19 and now this senseless rioting and violence in dozens of cities. Peaceful protest is a wonderful a wonderful right, but that's not what's going on here. This is looting and the desecration of historical sites, and the beatings of shopkeepers trying to protect their livelihoods. This is nothing less than lawlessness and thuggery, and it is inexcusable. It has nothing to do with the death of George Floyd. It's coordinated, and it's funded, and it's planned, and this is the work of the radical left, and I am so happy, delighted, that Antifa has finally been declared a domestic terrorist organization, and it's time for the National Guard to move in and put a stop to this wanton destruction and brutal violence. And I I pray it doesn't come to the use of lethal force, but if that is what is required, then sadly, that must be the next step. The authorities need to identify these anarchists and the Antifa leadership and those funding them and come down hard. These are very trying times, the times that try men's souls. And may God have mercy upon our souls. There are protests up here in Canada and some looting last night in Montreal. Very sad, very disappointing to see. The protests here concern the death of a 29-year-old black woman from Toronto, Regis Korczynski Paquette, who fell from her apartment balcony while police were on the scene investigating a domestic dispute call. Allegations have been made that Toronto police pushed her from the balcony, causing her fall. But these allegations are unproven, and there is an ongoing investigation. And that's really all I want to say about all of this today. I think we could all use a bit of a diversion from this madness. I will be talking about this more at length in the very near future, rest assured. Instead, today, on this episode, let's talk about something else, anything else to get our minds temporarily off of this ugly chapter in our history. A couple of weeks ago, a talk show host from the Seattle area kindly invited me to come on his radio program, Out of This World Radio, it's called. We talked for about 45 minutes about COVID-19 and the quarantine. Remember the quarantine? When you could get arrested for going to church? And now the rioters are allowed to burn churches to the ground, seemingly without consequence. Anyway... I returned the favor and asked this broadcaster, Ted Marr, to come on my podcast, and I asked him what he would like to talk about. It turns out he has quite the interest in one of my favorite topics, time travel. Ted Marr is a psychic and a radio and television show host with his own programs in Seattle called Out of This World. He's been a psychic and in touch with the other side, he says, for over 25 years. Since 2013, he's been broadcasting on KKNW, on 11.50 a.m. in Bellevue, Seattle. He also has a new online show at BBS Radio, which will start broadcasting in July. Ted has over 200,000 listeners in over 90 countries. The purpose of his shows, he says, is to make this world a much better and happier place. Well, we could certainly use that right now. He's also published a book called Messages from the Masters, which provides messages from Albert Einstein, John F. Kennedy, and Nostradamus, among other great spirits. Ted Marr, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you?
2: Oh, it's great to talk to you, Richard. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for inviting me on.
0: Before we start talking about one of my favorite topics, time travel, I know one of yours, tell us about Out of This World Radio.
2: Well, it started, it's a long story, but I'll I'll condense it down to 25 words or less. I, (laughs) I, um, um, I, I, I had been an attorney for over 20 years, and I got tired of practicing. Um, I got tired of representing criminals who wanted me to lie, steal, and cheat. And um, I come from a psychic family, and I was wondering, well, what do I do now with my life? And the funny thing happened uh, is that I was in a library over in the Seattle area, and a homeless man came up to me. Richard, this is a true story. And he addressed – I had met him before, and he addressed me by my first name. He said, Ted, you need to get your own radio show and start writing books. And then I looked around, he was gone, poof, gone. He was an angel. And then about a, a month later, a second fellow showed up in another library, because I like libraries doing research. And he was he was a fireman, and he came up to me. He said, Ted, you need to start out your own radio show and start writing books. And then I looked around, then he disappeared. And I thought, hmm, the angels are trying to tell me something. <laughs> so Indeed. I said, "I, I... I I, I come from a psychic family, so it's, it's kind of normal for me to talk to the other side. And I told my guides, I said, well, how on earth do I start a radio show? I don't know the first thing about it. And then within a month, I'd met this uh, lady who was good friends with this manager of my station that I'm now on. Um, and I set up a meeting with, with him. And within 45 minutes, I'd signed a contract for my first show. That was back in, um, I started, I think, in November on my birthday, back in November of 2013. And uh, the purpose of the show is to uh, make the world a better place. And um, I, I go into spiritual things, UFOs. Um, the, I started with an hour back in 13, and then my ratings were so, got to be so high in 14 that they offered me a second hour. So I've been broadcasting from 2 to 4 uh, ever since then. And my show is um, eleven fifty dot com in, in seattle and um if you want to listen to uh, ongoing shows i broadcast on fridays from two to four pacific time then you just go to the uh, kknw website at triple w dot 1150 com you can listen live or past shows at the out of this world 1150.com um, site
0: that's an interesting intersection of skill sets you were a lawyer and you're psychic did the two worlds ever collide
2: well they, they gave me some interesting perspectives sometimes when I was in the courtroom and I started reading the mind of the judge and uh, opposing counsel and the clients, my client on the other side, too. And um, I um, – yeah, it um, – <laughs> the truth is sometimes really shocking. Um, and you could tell some, – sometimes I could tell that the, the judge was friends with opposing counsel and I thought, oh, God, I've lost the case no matter what I say or do. It's sunk. So at that, that point, I'd had I'd have to start, you know, preparing for an appeal. Um, other times, I'd have clients in my office, and they'd be lying through their teeth, um, and I couldn't take the case. Or sometimes, um, if if I did take the case, this is my own sole lesson to learn is that money's not everything, and I couldn't do I couldn't do it justice because I got I got tired of. Um, uh, sometimes uh, clients would come to me, and they want me to to misrepresent the facts, um, uh, all, all kinds of things which I considered unethical. And it's a long story, everything that happened, but I, I couldn't, couldn't do anymore. So um, that's my own, uh, you know, I, I know everyone's soul path is a little different. So after I stopped practicing years ago, I, I kind of wondered what I was gonna do next. And uh, the funny thing is about starting my own radio show back then in 13, um, they basically this this is an alternative station and they would uh, you have to pay to be on the show. So my first bill was like $800 a month. And then when I got two hours, they gave me a discount because of the ratings. so it's like 13 to 1600 dollars a month to keep me on air. But the funny thing is, Richard, is that um, I've, the, the angels told me that I would I wouldn't have any problems with the finances. They just said just just do it. And and they'll come. We'll get you the money and donation. And the donations ever since have just been rolling in, so I don't even think about the money anymore.
0: I wanted to talk right. to you about time travel because I was recently on your show. You were kind enough to invite me on Out of This World Radio, and mm-hmm. we discussed a lot of uh, different things, and then I wanted to return the, the favor and have you on. And I said, oh, well, what do you what would you like to talk about, Ted? And, and you said time travel, and... You sold me because that's, as I say, my favorite topic. But you said something that really surprised me. You told me, just point blank, you know how to time travel. What do you mean by that?
2: Okay, this is, um, it's taken me many, many years to get to this point. Um, I started um, getting connected to the other side in November of 94 with my foster mother, who was a master psychic for the uh, Seattle area police departments she used to find missing and lost childrens, and um, it's been an amazing experience. Um, the um, there's a couple different ways of time travel, and basically, what a good psychic does, Richard, is that uh, he or she goes to the to, into the other dimensions. And when you go, for example, we exist here in the third, and when you go to the fifth dimension. Um, there's only truth and I'll give you, I'll give you some examples. Um, that's why a good psychic can be extremely accurate in their, um, in, in the information they get. Um, there are 12 different dimensions currently with the 12th dimension being the place where the God or the Supreme being resides. We exist here in the third. We're getting ready to shift into the fourth and then quickly into the fifth. There are parts of the planet which will be shifting into the fifth dimension this summer. And that one of the first places to go will be Mount Shasta, and I'll be there in early July. Um, But that's that'll be that'll be a a lot of fun. Um, And when you get to when you go into the fifth dimension, well, let me back up a little bit. The fourth dimension is is the one of time, and it's it's kind of an ephemeral dimension in the sense that once you go into the fourth, you quickly go go into the fifth. And uh, when you go into the fifth dimension, there's no such thing as time as we know it in this dimension. There is time, but it, it moves at a very slower rate. I'll give you an example. Um, in um, September of 2016, I'd taken a group of people to Mount Shasta. And I've been going there every year now since 2015 for the last five years. And in 2016, when we visited Mount Shasta, there's several, we camped next to several entrances to what's called the Hollow Earth. I'm going back to Mount Shasta this year, July 1st to the 8th, and then again, August 27th to September 3rd. And you're welcome to come along if you like, or anyone listening today, they just send me an email, and I'm happy to, to bring them along. Anyway, I dropped off a group of Koreans there. They're very spiritual, and they, they wanted to pray or meditate at the entrance to the Hollow Earth and try to gain entry to the Hollow Earth. So I dropped them off in the morning uh, about 10 a.m., and then we came back in a van about 5 p.m., that was about, oh, must have been uh, about six hours, six, seven hours later or so. And they were walking around dazed and confused. And I said, what happened? They said, well, we had gone into the hollow earth. And to them, that was, when you go into the hollow earth, which is a uh, city, it's it's beneath Mount Shasta, Northern California. It's a fifth dimensional city. And when you go into the fifth dimension, time slows way down. And to their, on their watches, they'd only been gone for about an hour. But... In the third dimension, on the mountain, when they when they walked out again from the hollow earth, um, about six seven hours had had passed. So time travel when you go into the fifth dimension, time really slows down. And um, uh, when I lead people on time travel expeditions, we actually go into the fifth dimension and then we time travel from there. It, it's hard for our third dimensional minds to wrap our minds around this this topic, but. Everything in the fifth dimension is happening at once. The past, present, and the future is all at once. And you can travel um, into the past easily, anywhere in the present, and also into the future. And you can do this on this planet or other planets or even other universes and other dimensions as well. And the only problem is that if you go into the future, the, you, you travel on different probabilities. You can go on different timelines for the future. And because this is still a free will planet, people's choices can change what happens in the future. So it's a little, it gets a little fuzzy.
0: I wanna back up a minute because it has been long rumored that if there is an entrance into the interior of the earth, the hollow earth, Mount Shasta is supposedly one, the mammoth caves in Kentucky, another. Some believe there is an entrance below the Giza pyramid, entrances somewhere in Tibet to Shambhala or Shangri-La. So mm-hmm. when you say that you have led people in this time travel expedition and have taken them, I mean, are you saying that you have found the entrance in Mount Shasta into the Hollow Earth, or is this metaphorical? Or
2: No, I found the entrance. There are several entrances there. Um, there's one at a campground where we, we camp, uh, several there. But you've got to be at the right vibration for the rocks to open up. What happens typically... There are several different ways to do it. Many people go in astrally where we all group, did a group meditation, and then we we kind of go into a daze and then go right into the Hollow Earth in the in the in the higher dimensions, uh, like in a dream state. That's one way to do it. Second way to do it is to meditate up at these rocks where the entrances are to the Hollow Earth, and then the rocks will open up, and there's a guard there typically, and the guard will say well sometimes the the the, often the guard will open it up if you're ready for it you have to be of high vibration um and let you in and there's a series of stairs that go down from the uh, from these rocks Richard, down to a shuttle system and the shuttle system actually goes all over the planet but from mount uh, mount shasta it's about 100 miles down deep into the earth where you go into the city of telos telos is a fifth dimensional city of 1.3 million people They've been there for about uh, twelve thousand five hundred years. They escaped there from Lemuria after the Atlanteans blew up much of the planet in a in a nuclear and crystalline war in an attempt to control the planet. They they have an artificial sun that's golden. I've been down there several times. Um, it, um, it there's no shadow. You don't have a shadow when you're down there. Um, all the people look just like us, except they're a little more stocky, and they all wear white. Um, all the guys have like long beards. Um, they, we, we all communicate telepathically when we're down there. And the thing about the fifth dimension where this city is, is that all the colors are far more vibrant than they are here in third dimension. For example, if you've got flowers down there, red flowers, all the reds are far more vibrant. Um, if you've got green plants, the greens are greener, the blues are bluer. Everything is much more intense. It's a little bit like, uh, what's the next? Oh, okay. Yeah. If you're up in the, up in the Rockies, in Alberta or in Colorado, um, and you're up very high elevation, nine, ten thousand 10,000 feet, all the colors are, the air is rarefied, and there's fewer oxygen molecules up at that point. And so when the sun comes down, the colors are far more intense. It's like that if you're there. Um, uh, another place that's like that is in Tibet or Ladakh in northern India, I noticed the same kind of phenomenon. But that's what it's like. It's it's a very intense kind of experience. And, and how many people have you taken down to Telos? On the astral plane, I usually take the entire group, but I'll tell you something, and that's that if one person in the group has any thoughts or a negative, it stops it for everybody. I mean, they're very, it's, it's, um, uh, but you, so you have to be kind of one, one mind, one positive mind when you do it. But one interesting thing that's happened, and I've noticed this since 2015, I started my tours in 2016, my first time I was there was 2015. Um, every year, the vibrations of people that I get on this on this little tour that I take take them on has gotten higher and higher and higher. Um, uh, and so it, it's getting easier and easier and easier to get into Shasta, yeah, I mean, underneath the Telos. And what I've been told is that this July, Shasta will self itself should, uh, uh, um, ascend into the fifth dimension. So when I leave here, I live near Seattle, when I drive from here south to Mount Shasta, it's about a nine hour drive, This is third dimension. It'll still be third dimension come July. But when I drive from here to Shasta, I will be driving from the third into the fifth. And this is one of the only places in the universe at this time where you you can do that. This is the most exciting game in town right now.
0: Who told you that Shasta is moving into the fifth dimension?
2: My guides, my friends in Telos, Adama, who's the patron saint. Yeah, yeah, they said it's everything on track. So so.
0: does that mean that once... You approach Mount Shasta. Will there be some sort of time dilation?
2: Yeah, there should be some sort of time dilation. Um, Boy, driving a car in the fifth dimension. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'll start floating or what. What does that Um, do to your GPS? uh, Probably screws it all up. (laughs) Start floating around. I have to tell you some funny stories. I've been doing this for a couple of years now. And two years ago when I was at Mount Shasta, in September, there's a uh, wonderful crystal and bookshop. It's a new age crystal shop in downtown Mount Shasta, a small little town called Soul Connections. I know the owners are really nice people. They have a great selection of rocks and crystals and everything, books. And uh, I got it. One of the people on my trip was in this, in, this, in this crystal shop there, Richard. And suddenly this woman materialized next to him. She had blonde hair, was rather stocky. She was wearing one of these white robes from Telos and she was there looking at all their crystals. And he turned and looked at her. Looked at her, and she was really startled to see him. And he said, "You're not from here, are you?" And she said, "No." And then she turned and poof, vanished. And she was from Telos, moving in and out from Telos, but they do hang around Shasta. I met a guy from Telos. What do he have? A long beard. And I went. I gave a lecture at the library. This was again in 2000. I think this was in August. August? Yeah, August or July of 2018. And he. He said, Ted, I'm supposed to give you these books. And I said, oh, really? He said, yeah, and this is the one I want you to read. And the main book was a book about, about visiting all the spiritual places in the Andes. And he, and he flipped open a page, and I want you to study this, which was Peru and Machu Picchu. And um, I had – maybe this is 17. Anyway, I hadn't gone to Machu Picchu yet, but I ended up going there. I've been going there now Machu Picchu every year, twice a year. And um, it's instructions on where to find the entrances to um, to the hollow earth underneath Machu Picchu. Um, I was told how to get in there. Um, I went to Machu Picchu at the end of January and also Lake Titicaca in southern Peru. And we were uh, directed to a stargate called Maramuro. And uh, uh, when you get there, Richard, we hired a taxi, a small group of us, and went there. And it was about 5 o'clock at night. It was just starting to get dark, dark about 6, 630. And we walked up to this This cliff, and as we walked up, we could hear a chorus of children and young adults singing to us. And everybody thought, well, there must be another cheer group here, but we couldn't quite figure it out because there was no other cars. The place was deserted. There wasn't anybody around. The nearest village was maybe about a mile or two away. And then we realized after being there for 20 minutes, those are children. And they're from a higher dimension, and they're from—they're actually from MacArthur in the Hollow Earth—and they're singing to us. And after we realized that, we saw markings of Sasquatch markers all over this area. My friends and I put our hands on this rock cliff, a rock face where there's a chair. There's a there's a chair fit into the into the cliff, and the rock started turning to jello. And then the other fellow with us looked into the rock, and he could see through the rock into Agartha, which is another civilization underneath that, that area, Lake Titicaca. And um, at that point, a Pleiadian ship showed up above us. It was rectangular-based. And I started communicating with the, with the commander. Um, um, his name is Admiral Halosaurus. Um, yeah, that's his name. Yeah, he's, and he was there. He said to protect us. After that, two condors flew by above us, and it started getting dark, and then we, and it looks like it was going to rain. So I, mean, I think I think we could have gone into the hollow earth at that point, but we were unprepared, had no camping equipment, nothing. So we're going to go back there at the end of Oct- and, October and, and try to get in. But um, anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, that's the other entrance. And there's also entrances at Machu Picchu, too. Um, you go to the Temple of the Sun, and there's a rock that you turn counterclockwise. Yeah, it's counterclockwise. The problem with Machu Picchu is that usually there's there's thousands of tourists around. But with the shutdown, we're hoping that there won't. You know, the c- country opens up. It's closed now, but hopefully it'll open up later this right. year. And we can go in October.
0: More of my conversation with Ted Marr when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. overwhelmed by investing if you're anything like us the hardest part is getting started that's why we created the investing for beginners podcast
2: our goal is to help simplify money so it can work for you
0: we invite guests to demystify investing
2: at least
1: try to be setting aside like the minimum 10 percent into the 401k
0: We'll teach you the basics of the market. Yeah, I think compound interest should be at the start of any discussion about investing. And we've had investment professionals who teach in a simple way
1: a valuation driven bear market. You know, we, we haven't really seen yet, and I think everyone's thinking about it, but we haven't really seen yet.
2: Our Q&A
0: episodes feature questions from listeners just like you.
1: So what do you think about the situation with
0: ETBI, which is Activision? I'm Dave Ahern. And I'm Andrew Sather. And we hope you join us on the Investing for Beginners podcast. On the Investing for
1: Beginners podcast. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Every other
0: week, One Strange Thing presents forgotten stories from America's newspaper archives. They all have something in common, a single element that can't
1: quite be explained. Join us on One Strange Thing, and you'll hear about a man who was literally stricken with genius. A 21st
0: century child who remembered piloting a World War II bomber. A mysterious, unidentifiable blob in Texas. And then there was the lizard man
1: stalking through small town South Carolina. From cryptids and disappearances to modern day miracles, one strange thing brings you stories that are very real and just a little otherworldly. Subscribe now, wherever you listen.
0: That time of the week to welcome back Colleen Forgas, our nutritional therapist and the manager at our Strange Planet Full Script Dispensary. Hello once again, Colleen.
1: Hi, Richard. I'm feeling electrified today.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. I was gonna ask you about that. Every time I take my boys out to they, they play tennis, they play hockey, we go skating, skiing. They're always they're always bothering me for a sports drink. They're A, they're expensive, and B, I don't even know what's in those things. Anything on the full script dispensary to replace these sports drinks?
2: Yes, Richard a product
1: called 40,000 Volts by Trace Minerals Research. It's an electrolyte concentrate that you can add to your own beverage. So you can just put it in water, and rather than purchasing something that we don't know what it's you know all the chemicals that are in those common sports drinks this will allow you to make your own so it's really great in relieving muscle cramps including nighttime leg cramps that people often get and for anyone that might have a reverse osmosis water system it helps to put back some of the minerals that those systems remove from the water
0: oh that's a great idea so it comes in a powder Forty thousand volts that's right fantastic thanks again colleen
1: Thank you, Richard.
0: To get your 40,000 volts, go to strangeplanet.ca, then click on the full script dispensary button. All orders receive 10% off, and orders of $50 or more ship absolutely free. These products have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure. If you have a medical concern, please consult your healthcare provider.
1: Richard has tiny talking insects living in his sock drawer. We have bags and we are living in Richard's sock drawer. (laughs) Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett.
0: Broadcaster, psychic, time traveler Ted Marr is here. So So, is all of the hollow earth, all of the civilizations in the hollow earth, are they all in the fifth dimension?
2: uh, Yes. Yes, they are. Some are in the fourth dimension um agartha's in the fourth dimension uh the telosians underneath mount shasta in the fifth dimension i think some are even higher too and there's also there's not all humans there either there's all kinds of entities beneath the hollow earth it's like honeycombed and um boy it's it's been a really an awakening for me to realize that when i get to shasta the whole area is very very spiritual and um i never know what's going to happen but one thing we do uh at the mountain is that we we always form a group circle and we we um uh we we do prayer uh, healing prayers for people and uh when we were there last september there was a lady with us oh she had had um lyme disease for like 20 years and it was healed within a half hour of our prayers and adama came in and healed her and then another lady in september 2017 she was from Minneapolis, and she had driven in in a van and got there kind of late at night, sleeping in her van, and she said that at um, two o'clock in the morning, that the Sasquatch had surrounded her van, and they asked her if she wanted healing with, with a new pair of legs because she'd been crippled for 20 years and, and uh, got around in a wheelchair and crutches, and she said, sure. So then, this sounds like a scene out of Star Trek, but um, anyway, the top of the the top of the van opens up, and she's beamed ab- ab- aboard this uh, vessel, this UFO, which from the hollow earth, from the Lemurians, and they gave her a new pair of legs, and they put her down in this van and sealed up the top of the van. That was all about 2, 3 in the morning, and the next morning, about 8, she gets up and starts running around the campsite, screaming at the top of her l- lungs, I'm healed, I'm healed, and I don't allow drugs on my trips, so I, I... I got a hold of her, and I said, are you okay? (laughs) Are you on drugs? (laughs) (laughs) She said, no. They healed me. I said, yes, I know that. That's what you you keep screaming, but what do you mean they healed you? And then she said, my crutch is over there, my wheelchair. I don't need it any longer. I can run everywhere. And then she explained the story, how she got a healing. And um, so that was an amazing experience. And then in August of 2018, another man came from Austria, and he had he had Lou Gehring's disease and it's were progressive uh, freezing of his nervous system. And he used to be an athlete. He was in his seventies, older fellow, nice man. And, um, we did a healing for him as well. And within about 30 minutes, and I can't guarantee this happens every time to people. It depends upon their attitude as well, but he got another healing from Adam and the people of Telos and he, ran back to his car from the spot we were at. It was about a mile and a half, two miles. And it was the first time he had ran in more than 10 years. Hmm. He used to be an athlete in, in Austria. And um, so it's it's nice to go there because you never know when that's going to happen.
0: Right. Um, but, so when you yeah. travel to the hollow Earth, uh, into mm-hmm. the fifth dimension, whether you're there physically or whether you astral travel there, that's uh-huh. when you can start to time travel, correct?
2: yeah yeah, you can time travel when you're there, but you can I can also um teach you and your listeners now how to time travel at home if you like. Um, and I can teach you some techniques to do it. It's yes kind of please
0: yes, please.
2: <laughs> okay, all right. first off, there there are some prerequisites. You've got to be positive and in a good mood. On not on alcohol or drugs. Some people advocate drugs to. Well, go then to I'm the
0: out. Area. I'm just tapping out right now.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. I'll let you finish your joint, and then call me back. We can we can get going again. No problem.
0: <laughs> I had a glass of wine for dinner. That's it. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the good wine diet. Yeah, it's highly recommended by most doctors. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, one of the things that people sometimes have in North America is fluoridated water. And in fluoridated water, um, if your pineal gland, sometimes your pineal gland is blocked and it's harder to do this exercise if you if you drink fluoridated water because it, fluoridation ossifies your pineal gland. It's harder to do this visualization. So if you are in an area or you don't drink, drink fluoridated water like tap water it's very simple to remedy you get something called arctic skate s-k-a-t-e uh, liver oil um uh, it's sometimes called fermented Arctic skate liver oil you take one capsule per day for two weeks and it'll take all the fluoride out of your system and all the fl- fluoride out of your pineal gland too so you can do this exercise all right and it costs about 30 bucks and it's not too expensive and it's 120 capsules pretty reasonable but um Anyway, um, you take that for two weeks and it takes out all the fluoride out of your body. Um, anyway, you visualize uh, your first – I always take this, do this precaution because I never know what entities are out there. I first cover myself in a cone of white light. Um, should, I should, can, should I be
0: visualizing this or
2: – You want to try it? Yeah, why don't you sure. do it now? all right. Okay. Cover yourself in a cone of white light. And what Dolores Cannon used to do? She was a famous psychic. Mm, sure. She used to make a pyramid of white light. Okay. Pyramid of white light, cone of white light, either either one, and then you put a series of mirrors around you, facing outward, to deflect any negativity. And then you ask God and the angels to put this into effect for the next um, twenty four hours. If you feel like you're you're getting some heavy bombardment by negativity, an added step you can do is to visualize a six inch shield of lead around you kind of like in a bubble and then for added protection um you ask you can always ask Saint archangel michael to stand guard with his sword in front of you to protect you against any negativity i don't use that very often but if i feel like i need it i'll, I'll do that um and then the, the the other thing that i always do is called the hue it brings in the galactic alliance and um there's there's two main um Uh, groups who et groups who visit this this unit this planet one's good one's bad one is service to others based upon love and harmony the other one's service to self based upon negativity and war um the the galactics the good ones are called the galactic alliance of interdimensional free worlds i just call them galactics or galactic alliance and the other ones are called the reptilians but i don't really have anything to do with them but the galactics what I do is I bring them in whenever I do something like this. And I do what's called the hue. It's the H-U and human, hue, man. And it brings them in, and they're here to help us. I'm going to bring them in now. Say it three times. goes like this. Hue. And then twice more. Hue. Hue. Okay, nice and peaceful, they're here now. And I always, um, once I did a a, seri- a lot of readings one week in 15 at this UFO conference at Mount Shasta and I didn't use any protections and I ended up getting some negative attachments. I had to have another friend of mine so I could get rid of them. But anyway, so now I always use protection. So now we're fully protected. And what I want you to do is visualize two copies of yourself in the astral, astral field in a higher dimension just outside of you, two copies of yourself. Okay. Yeah. So, a little pieces of your soul are two copies there. Okay. Have, okay. Have you? Okay. That. Okay. Once you do that, then um, let's have some fun. Let's go to a, a time in the past that's pleasant. It's easier to do that. Something that uh, in your past that you it was a fun time. Maybe you went fishing as a as a as a teenager or um, your first date or um, uh, you could use this for anything you want, for any event. We're just going to practice one thing now and go to a a place that's pleasant. Have you picked something out that would be fun to go Um, back to?
0: Yeah, for some reason, I'm focusing on my first day of school in September 1969.
2: Okay, 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 great, great, all right. Well, um, okay, I want you to go back to that first day of school and are you meeting some friends there that, you, that, that maybe become good buddies later or uh, people that you meet, teachers you like that first day of school? Can you go to a scene there that, uh, where you can, can relive it?
0: I brought – I'd heard a rumor that in school they had something called show and tell. So okay. I came prepared with my favorite toy. It was a fire truck. I'm sorry. It was a farmer's, okay. a farmer's truck. And so I okay. took that to school with me
2: okay okay, okay great okay you're there at the school now with your truck but in the in you've left okay you've got two copies in the astral plane just outside of you now Richard and one of them has gone back to this to this time in your past in 69 and the other one is staying here right with you and there's an important reason for that and I'll explain that in a minute. Okay, so you've got one copy right next to you here, and one has been sent back to 1969, and you can talk to yourself back then. You can interact with, this, with the students. Um, they see you, and yet they don't see you. It's it's You're sort of in the fifth dimension, um, just like when you go to Telos, you're in the fifth dimension, but you're in the fifth dimension now. And you're interacting. You can talk to yourself. You can talk to your friends. Okay. Uh, I, okay, does that… Feel comfortable. That's it. Are, 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 are you able to do that? Okay. Um.
0: Um. I, I suppose I could give it a try.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. That's how you do it. You go back to that time. Right. And you can right. talk. You can talk to. Um. You can talk to your teachers, to your friends. You can talk to yourself too. Um. And and have an, a conversation with yourself back then. And then um, after you've had enough fun <laughs> back then um you can't change anything but you can interact on the on the higher dimension you're in the fifth dimension um and, and you're interacting with yourself in the in the third in the past um, and then when you're done you bring yourself back you have your second your your first copy of yourself bring come back to you here and then the two copies of yourself you merge together
0: oh, I see okay and
2: into one and, and then you then you merge that those two copies have come together and you merge that back into yourself again now. And okay, so it, I get the that, idea.
0: How long did it take you to perfect this? And, and when you do this and you're communicating with the second copy of yourself, which you sent back to some date in the past, are you, mm-hmm. are you only getting audio information or are you getting visuals?
2: Everything, technicolor, color, uh, everything. You're getting everything. Um, it's like you're being, you are there and you've got the senses, you've got the smells, you've got audio, you've got visual for me anyway, it's all in colored and it's very real, but you've got to be super relaxed to do it. And in a good mood and you can do it. It goes right back there. How long did it take Um, you to
0: learn that skill to perfect it?
2: Shall we say, um, to get to the point, well, Let's see, I started in November of 94, um, getting introduced to the, in touch with the other side through my uh, foster mother. Um, I first had to believe I could do it. That was, a, that, that was the first thing. And then um, I, I started talking to the other side. Um, I was introduced to it. Oh, wow. When was it? It was not that long ago. Um, uh, there's another way I used to do it. But this this particular technique I was introduced to just August of last year. And um, I picked right on. First time I tried it, I went, it worked fine. It worked great. But I'd, I'd, I'd had so many years of talking to the other side that it was easy for me to do it. Just to visualize. Once I got down the technique, it was easy to do. So,
0: Right. Now, you said you can't interact. So that means there's no there's no possibility of creating a grandfather's paradox so that you change something in the past which will alter the present is that true
2: that's that's true um, you can't um, you can't alter the past um, minor things you can but not major things because you just don't know I mean let's say you got yourself killed back in 69 when you first went to you know worked went to school then you you disappear <laughs> you' right, would to be right. alive now right or what I happened to your time Exactly. Yeah,
0: be, exactly. But um, you said, but minor things, even minor things, you know, the old butterfly could, effect, right? Couldn't even right, changing a right. minor thing dramatically change the past or the uh, the future?
2: It could. Um, it very could. So you got to be very careful. There are spiritual laws against um, changing the past. Um, here's a little, a side note that, that people don't realize. The Nazis have had um, time travel technology uh, since World War II. There's a there's a group of them that escaped to South America, and they got it from the reptilians, that other negative group I told you about. And they've gone back and traveled in time to World War II, and observed it. And they would love to change history, Richard, so that they would have won the war. Of course, they can't. They can just observe it. That's all they. That's all they can do. But getting back to um, getting back to what you were talking about, I visited the assassination of President Kennedy and observed it. I've talked to him um, before and after the um, the event, the tragedy that happened, and I've seen th- what happened during that that tragic day. So, what, from what um,
0: vantage point did you view the assassination?
2: I was in the fifth dimension. Um, um kind of like i'm not a ghost but i am an entity it's it's uh i'm in a higher dimension you can't see me you could if you're if you're if you're sensitive to it you could feel my presence but you can't really directly see me in the third dimension
0: but were you on the sixth floor of the texas book depository building were you on the grassy knoll were you in the the presidential limousine where were you
2: I'm right next to the limousine, uh, observing okay. all the different shots being fired and where oh. they came from. Okay, and uh, t- talking to President Kennedy before and after. I've been in touch with him since uh, about five years now. Five? No, wait a minute. Yeah, about five years now. I've been in touch with him over five years. Yeah, yeah. I wrote a, I, I wrote a book with messages from President Kennedy and all those other spirits on their on our beautiful bright future. And so I, it's a long story what happened. I was in a library working on my show back in February of 2015, and I and I wondered, Richard, what Albert Einstein would say what was happening in today's world and what advice he would give us. And I walk out of this building, and I hear this voice in my head saying, I hear you want to talk to me. I looked around, and I said, who's this? And he said, this is Albert Einstein. And I said, oh my goodness, I think I better stand." So I sat down on this little bench, and it was one of those days, spring, beautiful day where the sun was coming in there had been raining beautiful day and we talked for the next about three and a half hours and he said that he was he'd been used as a pawn um in the late 30s world war ii to create this bomb and he said he would never created an atomic bomb like that of destruction instead he would have created what he called a, a bomb of love that he wrote in a uh, in a letter in 1955 to his daughter listrell and she released it he told her she requested that she not release it for 30 years so she released it in 1985 it's a beautiful letter and it talks about the bomb of love and and how he would have created a bomb of love that would have would have uh, united humanity um and he said that uh, love is the most powerful and important force in, in the universe so then after that i he said would you like to meet my friends and i said oh sure your friends are my friends so then he introduced me to Leonardo da vinci and i i had a great time with Uh, Mr. Da Vinci, I I said, how did you ever think about, you know, getting these all this information about human physiology and and submarines and flying? He said, Oh, very simple. I just time traveled at night, astro travel. And I said, Oh, I should have thought of that. It explains everything. And then so then he he asked me if I wanted to be with his friends. And I said, sure. So the first entity to come through was Robert F. Kennedy. Um, and he told me all about his assassination, what's really happened, how Sirhan Sirhan was actually innocent. and The bullet came from a guard behind him that shot him in the neck. It's a long story, everything that happened after that. And then uh, I said, I'd love to talk to your brother, John. And he said, he's right here. So I'd been uh, friends and in contact with President Kennedy since. And then um, Nostradamus came in after that, after that Mahatma Gandhi and a whole bunch of other spirits. And they all wanted me to write this book on our on on messages called "Messages from the Masters," which I published two years ago, and sorry, messages from that, from the masters from the yeah. masters,
0: right?
2: Yeah, it's available on Amazon. I've got copies too. I can send you a copy, but it's uh, um, it talks about um, back at that time, back in 15. You know, there's a lot of concern about North Korea firing off a missile to the United States and blowing the world up, and they all said, "Look, all this negativity in the press is really." It's 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 bad for the planet because it's not going to happen, and we see many we see challenges ahead, um, like, like this virus. But we're not going to blow ourselves up. We're not going to let that happen, because this planet is slated for ascension, and we want to help you through it. And I said, well, great. And one of the one of the most interesting conversations I had was with Nostradamus because, um, he he contact, I contacted him. And since that time, he comes in every once in a while to contact me. But what I did is I went back to December 1540. I, 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 I time-traveled back then and through meditation. Um, I didn't use that double-body double, double body technique. It was another meditation technique, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes. But I went, I went back to December 1540. And what I saw, Richard, was him ripping up all these old quatrains that he'd written about um, World War III and, and all these conflict on the planet and he brought out a one of these white sheets of parchment with a with a quill pen and he dips it in his ink and he looks at me and he says what kind of world are you and your friends going to create there in the in the 21st century and i said well of course we're going to try to create a we're going to create a much better and happier and a planet that, that lives in harmony and peace and he looked at me and says you better get busy and um, so i said thank you and so since that time, that's all I've been doing. I work twenty four seven. I I almost burned myself out. Um, a couple of years ago, um, when I was given a, a, they 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 healed my eyesight at um, uh, Mount Shasta last year. But two years ago, they also gave me a new heart too, because my heart was wearing out. <laughs> so I got another heart. Um, but uh, uh, since that time, when I've seen when I visited Mostadamas, he. He has started writing, but all the quatrains now are about are about our beautiful, bright future. So, uh, but he he cautioned me. He said, "Ted, you still going to be challenges, and you'll still guys will still have to deal with it." But um, after this uh, virus thing is all over with, um, we are going to have much. Gonna, it's going to get much better, and we're going to have a beautiful planet. I said, "Thanks." So, and we're getting a lot of help from from the other side.
0: Got to ask you last question, Ted, about uh-huh. about Kennedy. So. Did Oswald act alone? was Oswald a Patsy? Uh, who, patsy. Who, who who killed Kennedy?
2: He was the Patsy. Um, there, there were a lot of people who didn't like President Kennedy.
0: Um, <laughs> no kidding.
2: <laughs> I'll I'll list, I'll list a few uh, LBJ Vice President Johnson sure, sure. Didn't, didn't want to wait another four years um, to be president so he was part of that conspiracy. Uh, the second thing is that um, oh, there's quite a bit to tell. Um, um, uh, president Johnson was under indictment for murder, at least two murders in Texas, and uh, there's no statute of limitations on on um, on murders in Texas and throughout the country. And um, Johnson knew it, but he also knew Richard that if he was if he became president. By assassinating President Kennedy, if Johnson became president, he couldn't be held for any capital crimes, especially murder. So that's one of the reasons why, when Air Force One left with John F. Kennedy's body at the end of the day on on November twenty second, nineteen, or 20, yeah, twenty second, nineteen sixty three, and they flew back to Dallas or flew back to Washington D.C., he forced um, uh, Jackie Kennedy to stand next to him as he was sworn into office by. Um, warren berger the chief justice of the u.s supreme court um because he knew it was like any within the next two weeks a week or two that he would have been indicted for murder and john f kennedy jack kennedy tells me he would have he, he was planning on getting rid of him off the ticket too much of a liability um but i want to tell you something fascinating by the way um there was a newspaper do you remember the movie jfk oh yes um
0: oliver stone yes. uh, okay
2: okay yeah, Oliver Stone. There was a there was a scene there where Kevin Costner is in Auckland, New Zealand, and he picks up a paper, and the newspaper has this story about the Kennedy assassination.
0: Oh, that, yeah, the that problem. was Donald Sutherland's character, uh, General Fletcher Prouty. Right. Costner played Jim Garrison. It was Donald that's Sutherland. Right. Prouty was the head of Kennedy's security, and they sent him off on a wild goose chase.
2: Right. You're right. right. So he well, picks up true. a newspaper.
0: You're right. He picks up a newspaper, and what does he see?
2: Uh, he sees the whole story about Oswald killing Kennedy. The problem is that um, New Zealand is a day ahead of the United States, and when the public paper was published on the morning of November twenty-third, President Kennedy was still very much alive in the United States <laughs> yes. on November twenty-second. Yes, I've heard that, and I've got I've I've got a copy of the paper. Now, here's an interesting, fun story. Jack wants me to tell you about it. Um, he said that. A couple of years, about two years ago, two, three years ago, two years ago, two, three years ago, I was trying to get a copy of that paper from the library in Christchurch, New Zealand. And they said, there's been so much controversy. All we can send you is this is this like this half inch by inch thumbnail PDF of the newspaper, which you have to have a microscope to read. And and they said, if you want a full page copy, you'd have to fly to fly to Christchurch, uh, New Zealand to get a copy. And I told them I said, look, I don't have a lot of I'm not going to pay for a ticket to fly to New Zealand to get a copy and I was as I was fiddling around with my computer that afternoon you never guess what happened Um, President Kennedy came in he said Ted I want you to open up that file you downloaded from from New Zealand so I hit the click button open up and it came into full page (laughs) 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 so I've got a copy now of the newspaper article I'm happy to send it to you you I
0: would love to see that give us the uh, the details how we can listen to out of this world radio
2: Okay. Yeah, it's very easy. You go to um, um, www.outofthisworld1150.com. And that's for past shows. Um, When you get on the landing page, just go to the top of the screen, you hit past shows and you can go to the most recent shows and listen. Uh, I broadcast on Friday afternoons from 2pm to 4pm Pacific time or 5pm to 7pm Eastern time and if you want to listen live during those shows you go to my station website at www.1150kknw.com and just click listen live and you can um, when I'm in the studio you can see me live or you can just listen um, live as well. Ted, thanks for
0: hanging out. It was a lot of fun.
2: Okay, thank you so much Richard.
0: Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few moments to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. The discovery of carbon-60 is likely to be the most amazing chemistry discovery of the late 20th century. And my friends at C60EVO.com are the world's number one manufacturer of C60. The safe, consumable form of pure C60 is called ESS60, and the mighty Aphrodite and I take a tablespoon every morning. ESS60 is the C60 formulation used in the famous 2012 original PARIS study that showed ESS60 doubled the lifespan of rats. ESS60 from c60evo.com is raw C60 that's been produced, certified, and guaranteed for safe human consumption. ESS-60 from c60evo.com is a powerful molecule that acts as a nano-antioxidant to attract, stabilize, and neutralize free radicals. It's also known to have 172 times the antioxidant power of vitamin C, 172 times, which may be why people are feeling healthier on C60. All I know is the mighty Aphrodite and I are sleeping great and we're both pain-free. To get your bottle of ESS-60, go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the c60evo.com link. Use the code RS1SPEC to get 5% off. RS1SPEC and get 5% off. It's time to start taking responsibility for your health. Time to support your immune system. Join the mighty Aphrodite and I if you want more energy, mental clarity, and a great night's sleep. ESS60 from C60EVO.com. Again, go to the episode notes and click on the C60EVO.com link and use the promo code RS1SPEC to get 5% off. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, according to a new poll in the US, of parents are seriously considering homeschooling after the lockdown ends. A former teacher discusses the end of public education. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now.
1: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind